and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm, as we were just talking about, I'm in a good mood because my wife and I tested negative for COVID today, which is All something right. like we've been testing a lot um, recently because the Omicron variant is spreading like crazy. And yeah. also we're trying to like have some semblance of like returning to Christmas, like holiday stuff, like yeah. with other people who have tested negative, it's been like a whole thing, but, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's weird to be like, I know that they're like my, I've been hanging out with other people who tested negative. I'm wearing a mask. I know I've been doing it like right, but like waiting that 15 minutes for the at-home test or longer for the results from the yeah. official, uh, test to get texted to you is, uh, weirdly, um, it's nerve wracking. So, uh, it's, yeah. it's always a good feeling to be like, ah, I'm still negative. Um, I've been walking around maskless in the supermarket, taking deep breaths. <laughs> uh, probably not the best time. To oh do that right man. Now. I was so excited. Yeah. Um, cause that's yeah, what I do. That's what I did at the supermarket before all of this started. Right. Oh, I just walk around going ah, just that all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, this is like, it's still so depressing like yeah. uh, that these variants keep happening. We keep getting close to like some sort of normalcy. And I think like Natalie's at a, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was at Natalie's like at a different, a much more like healthier Zen type of, yeah. uh, uh, you know, this is just, we need to be open to, things not getting better anytime soon. Whereas I'm, you know, I'm Charlie with the football here. I keep being like, sure. we're almost out of the woods and then something else happens. Or like, you know, like back in July, we were down to, you know, we were essentially at like pre Delta. We were at like, okay, this is making that transition from pandemic to endemic. And this is where, yeah. and then Delta kicked things back up. And now like with Christmas, I think I've been like, really looking forward to a lot of yeah. observing a lot of our traditions was like I said, we've been able to do with some caveats and asterisks, asterisks and cautions and, and, and things like that. But, uh, just everybody to try to stay safe and use, uh, your best common yeah. sense. And I, and I, I, I'm reluctant to mention this just because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to accidentally encourage people to not be safe. Like the thing that I'm trying to be not optimistic about, but it's just like, the idea that Omicron is less deadly. It's like, well, it can still knock you out, but that, I, but that it's, that, that it's not a, it's not life-threatening even among, uh, it is, but it's, it's like much, much less life-threatening. So it's like, yeah. okay, that's at least something I'm trying to cling something. to that. But then the argument there is if the very, if a variant is only a quarter as Exa deadly, yes. but four times as contagious, the yeah. same number of people are going to die. You know, it's not, I'm not saying that that is the exact numbers, but that's like right, right. the the thing is um, you're not, we're not seeing in LA, LA County or in the U S we're not seeing yeah. death rates fall the way they should. But the newest uh, potentially encouraging news is that Southern Africa where Omicron, like, uh, I don't know if that's where it came from. But that's, you know, where it was first detected, um, it's already sort of, yeah, uh, it's falling very quickly. So I think that that's maybe the encouraging thing that because it's so contagious, maybe it like burns through its available population sure. faster. So maybe like, cause right now, I don't know. Um, 
you probably don't know this, uh, Sundance, which I'm still planning on going to Sundance this year, mm-hmm. but they just, uh, changed their thing where it used to be, you have to show pre- proof of vaccination. Now you have to be boosted to attend Sunday. Oh, so you have to show proof of vaccination and booster, but, um, maybe by January 20th or whenever that is, uh, cases will already be, be falling again. Yeah. And the fact that like, so, I mean, obviously, you know, this is, uh, this is, a a good problem to have, but, uh, you, you know what it's like, uh, the last couple of years to like, have travel plans and uh, then they go away. Yeah. Uh, Jen and I are literally planning in April to travel to South Africa. Uh, that's, that's what we're doing. And uh, so then when I heard that, it's like, well, first off, I, I hope everybody's okay. Uh, and, and all of that. But I just like, this feels like something that's yeah, like, it's a few months off, but we've all, we've been saying that constantly about everything. It's like, well, yeah. Hey, that's still a ways down the line. It's like, it's only four months you know? And, uh, yeah, I remember there was a time when I was, when I was like, gosh, I wonder if they'll have to cancel comic-con 2020. <laughs> I know. So I know. long ago, but, uh, um, anyway, uh, it was, yeah. Uh, well, before we but everybody, move, everybody stay safe out there. Yeah, please do. Because it is the holidays. Yes. It's the holidays. And we, uh, what that means is I've been checking our PO box less often. So now this episode won't be going up till after Christmas, but we do have a Christmas present from a listener slash contributor every year. It seems like if I say every year now, she's locked into doing it every year, but every year, it works uh, for me. Sarah Brinks sends us something oh. usually handmade. What's that? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So let's do the, I'm going to do like my parents taught me and open the card first. Sure. Uh, that's, that's polite. You open the uh, card first, turn it upside down and shake it. Cause that's the polite thing to do. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. That was having this conversation with my wife about how like my family, I'm you know, from a Catholic family. We're not wasps, but there are certain waspish tendencies yeah. that I think like, opening a card in front of the family and it having money in it is almost like kind of embarrassing. Like you have to be like, you yeah. have to be discreet about like, Oh, thank you. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and my wife is like, that's ridiculous. Like you're all family. Oh it's just a present. It's a good but, thing. You guys didn't get married while uh, being in the mafia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again. So we have a card that is hand stitched. It's a snowflake. Like, uh, like nice. me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's, it's uh merry christmas david and tyler wishing you and your families a safe and fun holiday season i hope you enjoy these ornaments uh okay well i'm gonna she's describing them so i'm gonna pull them out exactly um, so for tyler bruce the oh shark my, from jaws oh my dressed gosh up as santa so that's <laughs> that's I have to assume the shark ate Santa, but, but retained his hat. So that's jaws, the shark with a, with a little Santa hat. (laughs) And for David, an ornament to celebrate John McClane's victory in Die Hard. It says, now I have a machine gun. Oh my gosh. These are little like pillow type of ornaments. I'm so, I love these so much. I'm love that. And we still have the tree up. So I'm going to hang mine up right now. And I'll, whenever I see you next, I'll give you this. Um, It'll be a while. The tree might be down, but if I know me, it won't be. Uh, That's another side effect of Omicron is we're back to zoom podcasting exclusively right now. Um, Thank you both for keeping me and all the listeners entertained. Sarah speaking for all the listeners there Uh, during another Another challenging year. All my best, Sarah. This is so nice. Sarah, that's very nice of you. And here's 
the the added thing uh you know uh anything that's padded is good right now uh especially if oh, it's sure. any kind of christmas tree ornament uh we've had to change out the way we decorate because the kids are just crawling around and curious and all that sort of thing and so, chaos i that's pretty true yes <laughs> um but yeah so i do appreciate that and uh and also uh that's some david held it up to the screen that's uh, some solid craftsmanship on top of everything else that, that, i mean that's a that's a constant with with, with sarah with with what she uh she sends us all right um real quick uh you ha- did you have something else for the top that we didn't get to yet uh it was just more as always, this is something that I've been something going on in my life that got me thinking that I think absolutely could, it could make for an episode, but I don't know if either, if either of us are fully qualified for it to be an episode. Um, so I've been working for this, uh, this small, um, streaming service Mm -hmm. and I'm, it's only been a couple months, so I'm still kind of learning the ropes and, and, I, I do a lot of things for it. And part of my job is developing uh, ads for Facebook uh, that will be like sent out and stuff. So there's a lot of guess and check there. I'm still kind of learning, but one thing that you learn quickly, this is, this has been so instructive uh, for me. One thing that you learn quickly is that like with these ads, the more targeted you can be, the more effective the ad will be like, You you might think the casting a wide net is better because that's more people. But at the same time, for the amount of money that you're spending, it's like, yeah, but that's you're going to run across a lot of people that aren't interested. So you have to try and target. And sometimes it's easy. It's like, okay, well, right now we're going to we're touting the the animated shows that we feature. So it's like, okay, we're going to target that towards like parents of young children. That goes without saying. Um but then you get into other things like we we've tried to come up with ads for the various types of movies we have. We've got one for the documentaries we have, one for like classic films and that sort of thing. And the more you do that, it's like, OK, well, now. You really need to you you, you kind of it forces you to stereotype, honestly, um, and, oh. and uh, from a demographic standpoint, like um and, and like I said, it's a lot of guess and check. And so uh, with the classic films uh, ad that we put out, um, first it was a wide net because I thought like, well, hey, I loved classic films when I was a kid. Uh, not a kid, but when I was, when I was a teenager and right, something, yeah. like, I love them. You know, so in that instance, I, you can have your age range be from like 18 to 65 plus. And so I kept it like from, I raised it to 20. That one, it did okay. And you can go with like political views, that sort of thing. And then I, and I was like, oh, that didn't do well. It's like, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe if I targeted like older folks who <laughs> read this and go and enjoy this kind of sport, whatever it is. <clears throat> and I got very specific and I felt gross as I was doing it because I was like, look, just because somebody is an older person who enjoys reading the newspaper uh, and leans right, that doesn't mean they're going to love it happened one night. Turns out I'm wrong. Uh, I'm very wrong. Uh, that, that is like, that was our most successful ad. Like the, and I realized like, Oh boy, this is, 
And of course you don't want to, it's, it, it's still a, it's still a, such a specific idea because you're still also dealing with people that use Facebook regularly. Um, and that's a different thing, but, um, but oh, it just right. got me thinking about like, you know, the, uh, the conservative in me, the individualist in me, not to suggest the liberals are not individualists, but that, that says like, you know, Hey, you, you aren't purely a, uh, a product of your, of your demographics, the groups you <laughs> fall into. Um, you know, I, I run across this. I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like how much, how much of, and I don't know. I feel like there is an episode here. Like how much of your upbringing, David upbringing. And also just, again, the various groups that you've, that you fall into determine the kind of movies you like. And same with me, like hypothetically, it's like, well, I grew up in a very similar situation to my brother. So, and even though he does like, he, he likes movies and he enjoys a lot of the same movies I do. He did not go in that direction professionally. He did not feel that level of connection mm-hmm. with them. And so it just got me thinking. Uh, and again, I, I think it would be an, it could be an episode, but I feel like I'd want to bring in somebody uh, like a professional ad person. Uh, I took a film marketing class at, at UCLA and I was glad okay. I did. Uh, but we didn't, we talked about quadrants and stuff, but we didn't talk that much about like, really zeroing in on like how specific, like, uh, it, it, Facebook doesn't ask like if you're gay or straight or anything like that. It doesn't have those options, but like, you know, sexuality, gender, politics, upbringing, and then specifically regional and stuff like that. I'm really, it just got me really curious, um, to know like how much of my taste in movies is specific is is a function of me and who i am and all the and the way my brain operates and how much of it is just uh you know nurture uh i don't know well the thing i guess the thing i think about is that's that's probably true you know that that but i i get less hung up on i'm trying to figure out how to say how to how to how to word this because I, i what i'm saying is my view of it is less about like how am I what's different about me or what's specific about me and sure. just being like open to the idea that if someone disagrees with me, it might be because they have a completely different frame of sure. reference from sure. birth. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, that's you and I, we talked, uh, I guess just last week on the show, um, with Josh, we talked about wokeness. Weirdly, we were talking about, uh, yeah. and we, and we were talking, uh, I brought up that like, depending on where you fall on the political spectrum, your definition of wokeness is different. And yeah. like, so when I, where I come from where wokeness is a positive thing, it's really, to me, it really boils down to just like being cognizant of the fact that your experience of the world is not the default experience of the world. Yeah. Um, and that's, that, that's all it is to me. So I think, um, yeah, I'm not sure how to make this an episode. Um, without getting into identity politics yeah, and, I mean, and, and stuff like that. There's a way to do it. I just don't know how to do it yet. And that's something that, that happens every once in a while. Every once, occasionally there's an episode that's like, there's an angle here and, and a way to do it. And then maybe it takes a couple of years for us to do it. Uh, and so, uh, but it's, it's, it's definitely on my mind because of this, you know, and, 
frankly, I'm, I'm just happy that this, this aspect of, of my job, cause I do a lot at this point, I do a lot of jobs. I do the teaching. I've been doing a lot of script consulting lately. And I do this, uh, this streaming service thing. And because of the streaming service, like I'm, you, you know, I've said this before, I'm using the word content a lot more than I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and then stuff like this, it's like, you know, you learn about the industry and it's like, well, I hope this doesn't impact the way I approach film as an art form. And I don't think it does. Uh, if anything, it makes me more curious. It just, it gets, it, it allows me to like approach criticism and, and discussion of film from yet another angle. Cause I don't think I, I don't think I fully asked this kind of question before, before doing this. Um, but it was very, it was definitely instructive. Well, let me instruct you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, today I was listening to, well, I don't know, um, Tyler, if you're familiar with the rapper Tierra Whack. I am not. But um, she's put out three EPs in December of 2021. The first one was called Rap? Question mark. The second one was called Pop? question mark and the one i was listening to today the most recent one i would say the best of the three is called r&b question mark um so it's a it's a fun little project she's been 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 doing putting out uh these three eps that all have is there a reason for that question mark like is she like uh getting kind of experimental with with it and trying to determine what it is she's always been kind of i don't want to say an outlier but like i feel like tira whack as a rapper has has never been like following trends or chasing trends she's always been kind of a uh, um iconoclast or whatever yeah. you know um so maybe it is like a self-referential thing like is what i do rap yeah and then is this pop is this r&b i, I don't know i haven't looked into her reasoning for the the question marks but um she is uh, my favorite beat writer uh Tarawak. uh i really like that's a, I, I thought you would like that. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed yeah. and I was like, David's going to like this more than yeah, I do. I do like that. One. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, uh, R and B question marks sounded great on my tweaked audio.com earbuds. Uh, they're available at a low, low price at tweaked But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweaked and use the offer code pretension. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, we're back, and we're getting into it. Let's get into it, shall we? Uh, Tyler, you and I are going to, you know, we just, like, talked about not wanting to get to, you know, uh, to talk about hot button topics, you know, trying to avoid identity politics and stuff, but we are jumping in with both feet to the discourse, or at least the discourse has a long, short shelf life. Sure. At the time we're recording this, this is already 
film Twitter has moved on from this question. So by the time this comes out, people will be like, what, what is this about licorice yeah. pizza? Didn't that come out two years ago? But, um, <laughs> but uh, you should say that we are recording this two years before, you know, Christmas 2024. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we, why we put it in the can that long. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, Liquor's Pizza, which as of as of yesterday's BP Movie Journal recording, you still haven't seen. Correct. Unless you went to see it last night. Uh, I did not. Assuming you haven't seen it. But you, I, I'm mad, I, I don't know, because I know you wisely avoid most like Twitter discourse and film Twitter type stuff. But I don't if know. It's do, worth talking about. You usually, you usually yeah, bring yeah. it to me. But I and, I, and I talked about Liquor's Pizza on the Movie Journal. So you were at least aware that the central friendship or possibly more in the movie is between a 25 year old woman and a 15 year old boy. Yeah. Um, this has upset a lot of people and I wanted to talk about age gaps in movies. And like, I have a ton of examples, but I don't know yeah. if I really want this to be one of our episodes where we just like talk about like, here's a movie that fits this. Here's like, I, I kind of right. want to talk more about the idea in general because I, um, I people who've listened to the show long enough have known that I sometimes have a bit of a roadblock with this. Um, and they have, have we done, we've done, I think we've we ever done an episode about like things that are personal, like, like hangups keep us from enjoying. Uh, I, I don't think, think talked so. We've about talked about like, that. we talked about like pet themes and like, you know, I yeah. think we talked about things we, that we do like. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think we've talked about personal hangouts because I, uh, just last night I watched, uh, Leo's Carex's Annette, which is like showing up on a lot of top 10 lists from the, the, the type of credits that I, that I follow. And I liked it a lot, but here's the thing. And I think you'll, uh, might feel the same way about me. Adam driver's character in the movie is a stand-up comedian. Hmm. And <laughs> when uh, almost any time stand-up comedy is depicted, even in like this, conceptual musical type of way that it is in, in this movie, like, and it is not supposed to take place in like our world necessarily, sure. but it's still like, I still have this hang up of being like, that's not like, this is a, 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 a this is bad performance art. That's not what stand up comedy is. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, anyway. I like my, I like my comics to be smoldering, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's a, a tease of some episode we'll do at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is I have talked in the podcast before about having a bit of a hang up, like, um, Mia Hansen loves film, uh, Maya, which is about a, uh, man, a recently divorced man who, like goes back to, he, he grew up in, he's in, lives in France, but he grew up in India. He's French. But he grew up in India. He goes back to his, like India to reconnect with old family friends and then starts a relationship with, this is a man in his thirties, starts a relationship with a college girl who was a family friend, meaning someone he's yeah. known since she was a child. And I like, it's a good movie, but I couldn't like, it's, it's a, it's a thing that like gets under my skin a little bit. And here's, and so I like, when people started being moralistic about licorice pizza and being like, don't support this. This is pedophilia. How could you, whatever. Sure. I started to be like self-examined, like, am I part of the, the, like that reactionary superficial type of group? And I, and I think the difference is that I acknowledge that it's a personal hangup. I'm not saying Maya is a bad movie or a morally wrong movie. Right. Maya, the movie I think knows that what this guy is doing is a bad idea. Yeah. Um, uh, for, for everyone in, involved. Um, it's just something that I can't like let go of when I'm watching it. So I'm not 
getting on Twitter and saying, don't go see this movie. Yeah. Cause that, that's what I want to get it. Like there's a temptation, I think to defend licorice pizza on its merits to say like, there's not, nothing is ever consummated in the, in, in the movie. It's sure. not common for people to have crushes, you know, they know not to act on it. It's like, I could defend licorice pizza on its merits, but what I really want to get to is uh, this idea that you and I have talked about so often about failures in in, in uh, media literacy and the assumption that depicting something is endorsing it. Yeah, it's uh, and admittedly, like a lot of the films, because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you. I don't think I want to do like just one of our uh, list type things. Uh, I'd rather look for, um, you know, themes uh, in, in these films. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I think a lot of them, I think even the ones that are, that are the most, for lack of a better term, you know, positive uh, about the, about this age gap, whether it's uh, an older woman and a younger man or vice versa. Um, I think most of them at least have some level of, wariness um about what's going on uh it's it's pretty rare um to have it's not it's not uh it's not like it's never happened but it's pretty rare for a movie that features this kind of thing to be like yeah it's great right like with the possible exception of like anything bogart and bacall like uh, aside from that that that's uh, actually i think it is less rare than you're talking about if depending on how you define it okay if we're talking about a thing like Licorice Pizza, where one of the people is a child, like sure. legally yeah, a yeah. child. Yes, then it's a word. I think there are a lot of, a whole lot of movies about adult romances, usually where the man is considerably older than the women. Sure. They're both adults, but it's just something that people take note of you know like i can't it's been forever since i've seen six days seven nights i can't remember if like the that movie like plays into like the 30 year age yeah. between them or not but like uh i definitely feel like it happens in action movies a lot uh yeah. certainly i mean people talk about tom cruise and i think that's correct that like you're not yes a romance is blooming but that's not what the movie's really about yes uh yeah. and so i think they just kind of breeze over it so they're not going to take the time to be like wait how old are you again like they, that doesn't happen um yeah but yeah. uh but yeah then, it's, it, it, the, the, there's a and the the thing that happens there which like yes that is uh, i feel like that this thing we're talking about now like it's two adults. The man is considerably older mm-hmm. is one of those things like the Bechdel test that I think is worth tracking, worth keeping track of, worth being aware of trends and, and, and trying to resist them. But it's also not a way of saying like this movie is bad because this person's right. 25, 30 years older. It's just something to keep to, to be aware of as a trend or as a, as not even trend it's because it's not like a flash in the pan thing as a, as an established tenant of Hollywood movies that, that, that uh, men get older and their co-stars stay the same age. Yeah. Uh, the thing, but the, the thing with a movie, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like night and day, which I never saw, but like, I don't know what the age difference is between right. uh, Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Um, but um, in any case, one, one of those, the difference in those is that, that, that you're seeing them meet They're sure. uh, meet cute or a meet violent in, in an action movie. Yeah. I guess the weird thing, like the ones that stick out to me is like, okay. Hail Caesar, the Coen brothers movie. Okay. Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin, when he goes home, his wife is played by Alison Pill. And it's never like, 
it immediately like it took me out of the movie being like okay so this is a second marriage or like he didn't like how like that's so strange it's like um and then i also felt that when i watched hereditary like gabriel Byrne and tony collette like yeah has he been married before like how did what's the backstory of how this considerably older man ended up with with, with this with this person that that does take me out of the movie a little bit when it's like so obvious like josh brolin and allison pill and not we didn't see them meet. There's no like backstory. Yeah. Yeah. You're just expected to sort of accept it. Yeah. Uh, and quick side note. I, I thought this as I was watching nightmare alley, I don't know how old Tony Collette is. She's been around for a while. She looks great. And, and, and yeah. male, male or female, like it's just something that I, that I realize, like, huh? Like she's uh, so, and I, and I don't know how, I don't know what the age gap is between Gabriel Byrne and, Tol- and Tony Collette, but I definitely know that like he looks a bit more for lack of a better term, yeah. grizzled than she does. Okay. Uh, and so they could, there could be like a five to 10 year difference, but she looks really good for her age. So it, it, it appears to be like a 20 year difference. That's fine. Uh, but so Tony Collette is, that. Tony Clint is currently as of this recording, 49 years old. Wow. And Gabriel Byrne is 71. So oh, wow. A, that is that's a, that a 22 is a, yeah. year uh, difference. And you know what? Um, I actually thought she was older than that. Uh, not that, because of not because of how she looks or, or, or carries herself or anything like that. But because she's been around, I think more than anything, I realized like, oh, she's she kind of came onto the scene young. Like, I don't remember. Yeah. She must have been really young, like in Muriel's wedding. Yeah. Well, I, I have the, the example of long-time listeners will know the example I always give of that is Julia Roberts. Like, yeah, Julia Roberts has been famous for as long as I've been aware of famous people. So mm-hmm. I always feel like she should be old. Like she's like a yeah. grand dame or whatever, but she's only in her, in her fifties. And the thing is like, because she was like a teenager in mystic pizza, you know, that's yeah. why that's, you know, and then probably like 20 in pretty, pretty woman. Yeah. Or and it maybe, does, maybe 22. It, it speaks to her star power that she could carry a movie like pretty woman at such yeah. a young age. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, this, this isn't the conversation to have, but anyway, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, if you just want to talk about which like middle-aged actresses still, uh, look fine and still can get it. Uh, we could do a whole episode. Um, Feels a little skeevy to me, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I talked about on, uh, earlier this year in a movie journal. I talked about the movie False Positive. I was like, Gretchen Mall has the that Paul Rudd thing of just like Gretchen Mall looks exactly the way she did 20, hmm. 20 years ago. Uh, anyway, I remember uh, you know there's that question that people ask like, oh, who was your first like celebrity crush? Uh, and f- like when you were like young mm-hmm. uh, and mine was Kim Basinger who, you know, in Batman was f- young ish. I think she was probably firmly in her third in her twenties. Uh, um, but to me, it's like, Hey, you look at LA confidential. And, and part of the thing is that her character is, is starting to, to age. Like she's getting older. She's aware of it. Uh, but it's like, I don't know. She looks pretty great in that. Uh, it's like, so between Batman and, and LA confidential and, you know, real McCoy and C- cool world and everything in between, yeah. uh, she was my, she was my, my crush Vicky Vale. Are you kidding me? Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Oh, but also okay. she was in a movie again. I'm not trying to, to just come up with, with lists, but no, but I love um, it. Uh, the movie, the door and the floor, uh, she oh, plays, right. she plays a, a middle-aged woman who, uh, I won't say falls in love, but she gets, uh, involved with a, a man who is about the, the age of her, her son, uh, who had passed away. Um, and I say, get involved with a man. He might be like 
17 or 18, which yeah. 18 Who I know is actor? like John Foster, uh, younger brother of Ben Foster, um, oh, okay. who's been in a few other things, but I, but that's yeah. the thing I, I know him from. Um, <clears throat> and so I do think that like, there's, and, and I might be wrong, but I do feel like any movie that, that, exp, that is about an older woman and a younger man, even if it's like a 10 year difference, which admittedly when it's 25 and 15, that's, yeah, it's that's more than, it's more yeah. than just the 10 years. But, um, yeah, that's a, uh, something I would like to tell every teenager or at least in part to every teenager mm-hmm. is, is to understand how ridiculous high school seems almost the moment you're done with it. Yeah. It's so important for four years. And then it's yeah. just like, well, what was I doing? Who cares about any of that? <laughs> but I, but I would want to do that without, uh, minimizing what they are sure. dealing with in high school, because at the time it's like, well, that's all, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it'd be like, Hey, I know this is super important, but, uh, this does, whether you were amazing in high school or you had a tough time of it, like, it really is just, it's a jumping off point. And like, for me, like my thirties have been like, that's, that's, that's been like the best time for me. Uh, like that's really when my life started to come together, I think. But, um, and with the fatherhood thing, like just in time, just under 40, but, uh, anyway, um, but looking at, at films, yeah, I want to go back to the, the older woman, younger man yeah, thing. There does tend to be a theme and we can talk about like older man, younger woman, because that, that sometimes that's something that isn't really even explored that much at all. It might be touched upon. Um, but when it's an older woman and a younger man, uh, there's almost always a theme of sadness uh, there on, on the part of the older woman, uh, like sadness, loneliness, her life did not turn out the way she wanted, whatever it is. It could be the graduate. It could be door in the floor. It could be the reader um, notes on a scandal, uh, which also actually has two of these because right. Kate Blanchett right. is married yeah. to Bill Nighy, and then yeah. oh, it's a marvelous movie. I think you'd love it. But anyway, yeah. um, and then so she she initiates a a, a relationship with a, a younger male student, and so that that does tend to be the 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 quality here. Whereas like when when it's an older man who gets involved with a younger woman. It's it. I guess maybe the the most not critical, but the most uh, introspective that it gets is saying like, oh well, he's probably going through a, mid- a midlife crisis of some kind, um, and so maybe it's maybe it's comparable in that way. But it does tend to be, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but like it's it tends to be more dismissive. Like, oh, he's just going through a midlife crisis. Like well, I think because it's more common in the real yeah, world. Yeah. They, I think they both come from a place of insecurity. Sure. Uh, but we're so used to, um, you know, um, the, the, the fragility of masculinity is such yeah. a, of, a fact of, of, of life that it becomes, it's, it's less something you need to highlight than the, I'm not fragile. You, you calling me gay. Uh, <laughs> um, that's, Oh man, there's a, um, great episode of uh, corporate the the late uh, comedy oh, central right. show it's maybe my favorite episode where they develop a line of makeup for men and they're mm-hmm. like it's like the office is going crazy about all the men are wearing makeup they feel so much better they're like um uh uh get, getting ready for this great ad, ad campaign and they go to present it to um 
Lance Reddick, who's the head of the company, they're like, uh, basically like, well, we all know that men are insecure, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, oh, wait, men are insecure. And then the, the entire project they've worked on the entire episode <laughs> is just like squashed right there because he's like, we're not insecure. Uh, it's, it's my, it's my favorite episode of corporate. And I could see him selling that really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And so, and I, and I definitely think that because I, yeah, I think there, there's probably a theme of insecurity and I, and I, but I do think that it's probably a different type uh, of insecurity. Um, and I know that there are some people that, uh, whether it be in a film or in real life. And so, you know, I guess we are talking about some real life stuff here, man, anytime it's, it, I'm always fascinated when people make the same joke over and over again, like, uh, in like the, the comments section of something, which, you know, that's on me for looking at the comments, but, um, <laughs> but anytime there's some kind of, uh, news story in which like, a a, a, a female teacher is, is, has had sex with like a male student, the sheer number of men who say like, where were these teachers when I was, yes. you know, when I was young and the same person says, not the same person, sorry, different people say the same thing. It's like, did you not, do you think this is a super original thought to you? Do you think you've really, Oh man, I've got, I've got it. You know, yeah. uh, that fascinates me. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's, and I recognize that, you know, like a, a horny 15 or 16 year old uh, boy might view this as like an amazing thing. But if we're talking about the concept of power dynamics, it's still the, the, the principles are still there. Uh, it's you the know. power dynamics. And also like, I, you know, when I was 15 or 16 and I definitely had like crushes on a couple of teachers, almost always English teachers. I think that is sure because that's what, uh, what I was into. Um, I would have thought of myself, like I wasn't as much of a man as I thought I was at 15 and 16. That's sure. the other thing. It's not just the power dynamic. It's the like un unformed, uh, mind yes. and, and emotional, uh, state. Um, there was, I'm not sure if you're caught up on, <coughs> curb your enthusiasm this season but there was an episode that okay so there was an episode where one of the because uh larry's developing a show and the actor who's playing young larry on the show like has this thing about oh i was sexually abused when i was a minor and then it comes out like he was 17 and a 37 year old supermodel like had sex with him and uh now that i are watching the episode and like it's a super funny episode we're laughing but we had to keep saying like Larry's wrong. Like, like, yes. <laughs> like that, that is a wrong, that wrong. It is the, a traumatic, uh, thing, but it does have one of my, <laughs> my favorite lines of the season so far when the guy is, the young man is saying to Larry, like, imagine you were in high school and this happened to you and news of it got out. How do you think they would have treated you? And Larry, without missing a beat goes, they would have named the high school after me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's wrong. It's funny, but he's, he's wrong. That is, it is abuse. Uh, yeah. of, uh, of a, of a child. Yeah. And, um, but that's, yeah, go ahead. And I think there are, and I, and I think the idea of, of, well, hang on. I'm not sure. I'm trying to make like, not generalized statements, but I'm trying to find like commonalities between these films and trying to see like, how are, you know, May, December romances where the woman is older, how are those treated versus when the man is older? And, well, and I do think that it's, it does. It depends on the genre uh, or not genre drama and comedy aren't genre, but it depends on if it's a drama or a comedy or if it's an action movie, whatever it is. I think it does. And if that's what the story is about, um, like they never like in notes on a scandal, 
certainly the idea of, of Kate Blanchett being a teacher, having uh, an affair with her younger student, like that is definitely addressed, but they don't really talk much about the fact that she is married to a much older man. Like they never really explore that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I, it, the film is such that I think you're just meant to sort of infer things uh, from that. Um, so I think it's, I don't think it's uh, that the film is unaware of it. I think it very much is, um, but it's letting you do the, do the work there. Um, yeah. I feel like we're spending a lot of time on older women, but I, I, I think we'll, we'll save the older men thing for, because yeah. that's the bigger problem <laughs> or, or bigger, more common thing. Let's yeah. say we'll save that for, for later. What, um, in talking about this, this older woman thing, I'm realizing that I've got like sub subcategories within that. Okay. The, the main, so their main one is, or at least the main division is when in these movies is something like the good girl or whatever, uh, with Jennifer Aniston, where right. it's her point of view or something like the graduate where it's much more his point of view, you know, right. or like, does it say different I feel like it's still saying the same thing about the sadness or insecurity or the unfulfilled uh, life plans or expectations um, of, of these older, older women still seems to be, it still seems to be present in both of them, uh, no matter which side of it you're coming from. Yeah. Um, um, and then do we, uh... I feel like uh, uh, unfaithful. I don't think there's a huge age gap between Diane Lane and uh, not enough. I don't. I don't Olivia think for it to, okay to qualify. But the um, but then the third category that I realized I put together this list and realized I had way more of these than I realized, which is older woman, younger woman. Oh, sure. Sure. Like, which is also an aspect of of uh, notes on a scandal. It just doesn't materialize. Right, 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 right. So there's a, uh, I have Carol is an, uh, yeah. a, an obvious one. There's also, um, going way back to 1930s Germany, Mädchen in uniform, mm. uh, which is about a schoolgirl who, uh, has a sort of love affair with one of her teachers. And there's another French movie that's very similar to Mädchen in uniform in uniform called Olivia, in which, uh, basically there's like a woods, it's an all girls boarding school. And there's like a, every girl who there who's there belongs to one of two camps, either like the headmistress camp or this teacher's camp. And it's like, um, that one's more, I, I don't know if it's as, it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't know if it's explicitly like a love affair as made in uniform, but it's still that, that clearly is, uh, uh, what's in, what's informing all of it. Um, the I'm favorite think, is um, a big one. The favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I had others, but, and I do think there's probably also, um, I, I didn't, I, I don't think I have a lot of examples of older man, younger man, but I, I do think maybe in, in a culture, especially these are older movies or especially like movies like Carol that take place in the past in a, they're living in a place where being gay is even less acceptable than it is now. And mm. often, you, you know, you could be disowned by your own family or whatever. Um, the older lover is also a parental figure yeah. in, in, in many sure. ways. And I, I wonder if, um, that the sympathy towards the potential, like danger for a person to be open around their family makes in gay romances, both 
male or female makes the older the, the age gap something you like it's a it's a it's, it's the lesser evil uh yes i think that's possible i i'm i'm thinking of the film uh uh lie with uh paul mm. dano and and brian cox um right in yeah, which paul dano is is underage i believe um and i don't remember if his character is is gay i don't actually remember that now but uh and then i would also say i guess in that and and something like love and death on long island it's an older gay man who is right attracted to a younger man who uh gods and monsters actually now that so, i think about it gods and monsters yeah finally one without long island in the title yeah that's true what's going on over there uh so um a lot of lonely older men uh, over there um <laughs> that's funny uh gods and long island monsters it sounds like there's a lot of them um but uh but yeah so yeah. So I guess those don't really qualify because it's, it's, it's a unrequited type of thing. Um, but, uh, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, trying not to just list things off, but I did want to mention Michael Hanukkah's the piano teacher. Um, mm, which uh, I've not seen actually. Yeah. Isabel Huppert plays a piano teacher, not mm. just a clever title, uh, <laughs> who has a love affair with her young piano student. Um, and that one in Michael Hanukkah fashion, like turns the sadness into something more visceral where when the thing, the affair ends, she starts to like self-harm. And, mm. uh, it's, um, it's a very often very uncomfortable movie as you might expect from Michael Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, uh, and I would say, and the reader, I think, uh, can, I mean, all of these, um, I think, it, I think it's, a lot of these films are pretty explicit uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, I mentioned the reader, which features like simulated sex and nudity um, notes on a scandal uh, shows like some, some simulated stuff. Uh, and I do think that that may be more so than when it's an older man and a younger woman, I might be wrong about that. Uh, but I do wonder and I think most of them are male directors. And so I, I do wonder if like they just instinctively are seeing this from the younger man's point of view mm. for whom this is more erotic than mm. emotional, or at least that's, that's, that might be the way the filmmaker is approaching it. Of course, it's going to be emotional. That's something that we do see in stuff like the reader. Um, but approaching it first as like a bit of eroticism, like, Oh my gosh, you're 17 and this older woman wants to do this. How uh, isn't that super hot? Uh, Mm-hmm. and and so I, and i wonder like and and door in the floor now that i think about uh now that i think about it there, there's that too and so i do wonder like if these films had been directed by a woman would we just through the even if the story is more from the perspective of the younger man would a, a female director be you know less interested in sort of the 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 gaze kind of thing the the male gaze um but also <clears throat> just the the type of eroticism the type of of sex that is depicted would it feel more emotional and less er- erotic or would we it, would it still have a combination of both but i do think that like when it's an older woman and a younger man there definitely seems to be an element of you know hey high five me or something like that yeah. um stifler's mom exactly yes exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, all right i did think of a um uh, a, a gay romance that uh, I think 
potentially illustrates my like my point of it being seen as less objectionable because the age gap in call me by your name is not that much different than the age gap in licorice pizza um you know army hammer is supposed to be right a graduate student so we're looking at probably mid-20s and yeah. and uh um chalamet is a teenager yeah. uh, and that one i do remember some people pointing it out but it doesn't had does not seem to have sparked as much of the uh uproar as as licorice pizza has and um i'm wondering if that is because the kind of like we're talking about the middle-aged you know the midlife crisis the man with the the guy in his 50s with the girl and her women are in her in her 20s because that's such a that's a more standard thing that happens in real life maybe the older man younger man thing is again less objectionable because we just see it more in in real life sure uh yeah i guess that's that's possible i still haven't seen call me by your name i know i should oh well, um, yeah and, really and it good. did it did get that, some it did get some controversy at the time yeah i remember like i said i remember hearing a little bit but not to the level of what i'm seeing but that could just be you know maybe twitter's changing um, sure. um but that one whereas like i said in uh liquor speed to the, the the crushes are never consummated call me by okay. your name they very much are yes, you know yes um so let's go okay i i, I want to transition into older men younger women i want to start with the ones that are clearly objectionable like teenager sure. teenage girl you know like american beauty yes the, his lester's whole thing is that he wants to fuck his friend his daughter's friend yeah um who's 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 a teenager um now let's not you know you and i have both uh uh criticized american beauty um ad nauseum in this podcast before but at least in this case i think this is definitely a case of if american beauty came out today it would be accused of endorsing something that it is in my mind clearly not endorsing lester is not supposed to be like i think we're supposed to find it kind of sad, especially given that he doesn't go through it to the end. Spoilers right. for American Beauty. When he gets to the point where Mina Savari is ready to have sex with him, he doesn't go through with it. I feel like that is the movie. Uh, but even before that, I think Lester is kind of sad. He is, but it's it's tough. Like I don't think the film fully endorses it, but I do think that it definitely sees his lust for her is what has re-energized him. And yes, it, it, it is absolutely sparking a midlife crisis, but, uh, mm. but it de like he's sad and lonely, but it's his attraction to her that has kicked off uh, this, this invigoration that I think we are meant to feel. And so I feel like the, I feel like there might be a bit of a tonal uh, mixed message there. Um, and then uh, yeah, I, I've got these listed here alphabetically some of the night name off alphabetically okay. did you see mariel heller's the diary of a teenage girl no i did not so that one again it's clearly wrong she's supposed to be 15 and alexander skarsgård is supposed to be in his 30s like, oh, okay it's the movie is very much not in, endorsing it but it is interesting that it's made like you were saying made for made by a woman uh unlike american beauty and we do see how we do experience this from the teenage girl's point of view we also we know as viewers, this is fucked up. This guy's a monster and, and a statutory rapist and, and all of these things. We know that, but we're seeing Belpoli's character as a teenager feel empowered by this, feel yeah. scenes, feel vindicated, feel like she's being made more mature. And it empowers her in a way that is negative. 
you know, that the, it, it yes. empowers bad impulses uh, in her and a bad sense of self-identity. But well, that's one of the great things about the movie. We know that, but the movie is still made mostly from a teenage girl's point of view. So we see her enjoying it, even as we know uh, it's a great movie. I would say uh, an education falls into that as it's well. It's literally next to my list. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is one of those things where she clearly, uh, I think we still see things maybe more from the perspective of her parents. Uh, and so that we see that like something's something is off. Uh, we definitely do get a sense that Peter, man, scars, guards and SARS guards. Yeah. You can't, tr- you can't trust them. Um, <laughs> Don't let your guard down around them. <laughs> all right now we're talking it's a, it's a shame this has to go on for like probably 10 more minutes or so because yeah. uh that's that's a good place to end but anyway um <clears throat> yeah i think i think he actually does care for her i think that's genuine i don't think he's simply using her uh but he is definitely more experienced uh more mature in her eyes and all that sort of thing and i think she sees herself as like oh this is finally someone who who understands me. And, and so uh, I think we, we look at that relationship with, with inherent suspicion, but it is definitely from her point of view. And we do get us after a while, we do kind of give ourselves over to it. And, and we're like, yeah, this is fun. And yeah, she is getting to do things she wouldn't get to do otherwise. Uh, Which is why when the end comes, it is, uh, it is seen as, as, as heartbreaking as opposed to, and I told you so. Which I, which, and if it were purely from the pr- parents' perspective, uh, not as far as screen time, but just as far as attitude, I feel like it would be more of like a, yeah, what are you going to, that's, that's what you get. Yeah. Um, but I, I, that's not the vibe I get. Um, all right. Just that we don't need to hang out. I don't know if you have any more of these like movies that you wanted to talk about where it's uh, I literally actually, wrong. I've never uh, seen like, Lolita. Uh, I've, I've, I've only seen the, uh, the new one. The, the, I mean, new, the nineties. Yeah. Newer. Uh, with uh, Dominic. De- who's the woman in the, I should say the woman. What am I doing? The whole point is that she's a girl. <laughs> Who is the, the Dominic Swain and Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Um, directed by Adrian line. Speaking of unfaithful. Sure. Um, yeah. I've never actually seen, I think it's like, is it my only Kubrick blind spot? I guess I haven't seen like killer's kiss either. Sure. Um, but uh yeah, I haven't uh, seen Lolita. I actually have never seen Barry Lyndon when I'm told oh, I would love it. Which let I'm me know sure when you I want would. that Blu-ray. Okay. I'll, I'll lend it to you. Um, so yeah, then there's uh, a, a couple others from recent years that didn't get a lot of uh, um, buzz. There's a movie that David Schwimmer directed called trust. That's actually about a, someone who's like, yeah, upon, uh, I remember by, that. A, by an online predator. One of the very first movies, like very first press screenings I ever went to because hmm. it was like 2011 um there's also a movie i saw at uh at um la film fest uh called the girl in the book um which is uh not a great movie but it is like a particularly disturbing movie because for the 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 flashbacks um the woman cast to play the child like she she is an adult, but she, she could pass for like the 13 or 14 year old she's supposed to be. So, but because she's played by an adult, the sex scenes, or I should say the rape scenes yeah. um, are more explicit and it makes the movie intentionally uncomfortable to watch. Cause it's like, okay, maybe I know extra textually. I know that is an 18 or 19 year old 
woman, but within the movie, I'm watching a 13 year old physically get groped in, in, in front yeah. of me. And, and um, yeah, that's, that's kind of upsetting. That's how the, that's how the reader is as well. Uh, Cause the, the, the young boy uh, does get like fully naked and it's just like, I know the actors of age, but at the same time, the character is not, and I don't like seeing this. Uh, yeah. Although that is actually one of the few scenes, not few, but like it's it's one of the scenes that I tend to point to when I talk about like justified nudity in film. Um, There's a, would, a movie called. Did you see the tale with uh, Laura Dern? No, um, I didn't. Quite a good movie, but that um, it uses some clever editing to come very close to like. Okay seeing what you're thinking are awful things, but the movie also does a really smart thing where at the beginning, when we first start to see the flashbacks, we're seeing them through Laura Dern's eyes and the young Laura Dern is played by like a 15 year old girl. Hmm. And then you see Laura Dern going through old photos and realizing how young she actually was. And then from that point on, it's a different younger actress Hmm. uh, in, in the flashbacks, because um, like I was just saying about having a crush on your, teacher when you're 15 or when you're a kid, whatever you think, you think of yourself as older yeah. than you actually are. And then you look at a picture of yourself and I was like, Oh, I was a, I was a child. Um, uh, and then I also wanted to mention it's, this is sort of a, a version of that. Um, when, when Scarlett Johansson was in lost in translation, she was 17 but yeah. she, because she, because of her voice, I think she reads older. And so she plays a 20 something. Yeah. Uh, but she is actually, and even though that film isn't officially a romance, there's a, there's an element there. Definitely. Um, definitely. And, and so that's a little, uh, Oh yeah. A little rough. Yeah. And then um, I, well, I mean, in um, man who wasn't there, she's supposed to be like 15, yes, right? I haven't yes. seen that since, since you and I saw it in the theater, but, um, Oh wow. Uh, but, and then also, so God, Scarlett Johansson, uh, she's in ghost world, which she's not the one, but Thora Birch is only 18. Yes. And eventually I rewatched it some recently and forgot that they actually do have sex in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I as as that visualized movie. by that uh, vintage uh, horse toy. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I had forgotten that it was actually a concept. I, th- I had thought of it as more of a lost in translation. Like yeah. it's around the edges type of thing, but uh, I forgot. No, they actually do have sex. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, this might be cheating because it's based on an actual true story. <clears throat> uh, great balls of fire, which oh, is I about never Jerry, saw that. it's about Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, it's as far as a biopic, it's fine. Uh, certainly Dennis Quaid is, is like really energetic as, as Jerry Lee Lewis and when a, writer plays his cousin who he married and I think she was like 13 or 14. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. Okay, so we are getting into just listing movies. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my fault. I did that, but um, uh, but but I think what we've been talking about is movies that do. Uh, I, I think. Well, I guess most of these do overtly acknowledge. This is a bad. Yes. thing i think yeah. lost in translation doesn't really but that's like you were saying she's supposed to be a bit older i'm not sure how much uh that makes it okay but older i think it still treats i think it still treats it as just a little bit off limits or mm-hmm. or at the very least unattainable like this is something they can't actually do even if they both want it and maybe we want it for them although i don't think we're meant to um i do think that there's a there's a, a an ass a, a hint of that so what I want to get into is movies that 
I think like putting on my 2021 Twitter reactionary or TikTok reactionary, like media illiterate glasses. Okay. <laughs> Movies that I think if they came out today, people would be like, how could they? But actually, I think within the text of the movie, it does acknowledge that this is a, a, a power dynamic or, or, or sure. imbalance or an abuse. You know, Last Tango in Paris is, yeah. uh, is one. One that weirdly came to mind, and it's not really until the end, so maybe I'll just say Kill Bill Volume 2. Oh, sure. I don't think until this whole thing is about like, oh, her, you know, um, Bill, like her lover, like, tried to have her killed and she's going to get revenge and they have like a daughter together or whatever. And I feel like it's not really until they come face to face at the end of kill bill volume two, that you realize that he's doing that paternalistic, like, um, yeah. Uh, manipulative thing to her. And you really get a sense. Like, I know how old Uma Thurman is roughly. And I know how old David Carradine was roughly, but it's not, I feel like it's not until you see them together that that dynamic clicks. And I feel like the movie is much more aware of that than, um, than someone might give it credit for, or someone and like I, the person that I'm imagining might give it credit for. I definitely think the actors know what's going on mm-hmm. there. Uh, cause I, you see a shift in Uma Thurman's performance, uh, that it, yeah. that is very palpable. And you see it just, just in being in his presence. Yes. She's going to stand up to him. Yes. Uh, she is going to eventually kill him, but she also, you, she almost, there are moments where she almost feels like a schoolgirl uh, mm-hmm. in his presence. And that's, and then it's so subtle, like that performance, uh, her performance in those movies are, are amazing, uh, is amazing. And, and, and his is, is as well, but hers is the one that has to shift. Uh, and I think it's great. Um, <clears throat> I will say, uh, I don't know of anyone that has a problem with Citizen Kane from the standpoint of, him being involved with a younger woman, because I think the film, it definitely condemns him in a, in a lot of ways in his relationship with her and how he treats her. Um, but yeah, she is significantly younger than he is. Uh, and, but is that a case of like the audience at the time is aware of who Hearst and Marion Davies are. And oh, so probably, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't need to do any work because people are already bringing their That's true. opinions of that relationship to the movie. That's true. As opposed to maybe Manhattan, which for many, 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 many reasons uh, is hard to look back on now. Uh, I'm glad I've never seen that one. And that's one that I think, you know, anybody watching it, the, the, the Twitter, uh, people, um, could watch that. And I think they've got a pretty good case, uh, that this is a film that is not really that any, any, uh, any nod towards condemnation of Woody Allen's character is perfunctory at best. But I think that's something that, that only in retrospect, like you cannot get rid of, who Woody Allen is and you see that and you're like, well, I guess he was telling us uh, pretty yeah. early. Um, and what year, what year is Manhattan? I want to say 79. 78, 79. It's 79. Yeah. Because I think, and uh, I feel like by not that I want to sound like I'm defending Woody Allen, but I feel like by 1992, when Woody Allen is paired with Juliet Lewis in husbands and wives. Sure. I do think there's a little bit more awareness there. Maybe yeah, not. There would have there's, to be, I think. Yeah. Um, not as much as we'd like probably. Right. Um, but uh, that's at least, at least my memory of 
of husbands and wives. The best thing about husbands and wives, by the way, that is not actually in the movie. Did you, did you ever see the Ben Stiller show sketch? That's clearly husbands and wives, but with like, like universal monsters. No, <laughs> so, no I haven't. So it's like Frankenstein and the bride of Frankenstein and like the mummy. I, I like it's, it's such a dead on Woody Allen parody in like the writing in the, like, especially early nineties, Woody Allen in like the cinematography, like the way that it's such a great sketch. And the only thing that's different about it is that it's like, you know, they're wearing like wow. green makeup and having bolts going out of their necks and stuff. Well, I gotta, I definitely have to look that up. Cause that's man. Ben Stiller show was like, I, there are so many like, wonderful sketches and there are people that still don't know about it even yeah. though ben stiller is a is a star now and, and so has been for a while and so oh of course yeah and, and janine garofalo has as she's not to the stature of, of them but like she has definitely gotten very famous over the years um andy dick for different reasons yeah. but uh yeah it's yeah. it's weird that that is a show that has not been like unearthed because yeah man that so many like immediately the moment you said ben stiller show i'm just thinking of all these different uh all these different sketches and maybe and i think some of them are so specific to the 90s that maybe people feel like it has not uh aged well um although you yeah. know Ma manson instead of lassie like well that's pretty timeless yeah but yeah the 90s one of like the remember the dandruff shampoo oh, commercial? Yes. oh, oh yes. my god that's so specifically 90s dandruff. I don't know. oh yeah. my gosh <laughs> dandruff uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's perfect. It's it's it, like the sketch makes me furious. Uh, like I'm not even laughing because like they're getting it too right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, but uh, all right, we're, we're way off uh, off topic. That's fine. Um, and I know we should probably start working towards because uh, we're doing yeah. this Christmas Eve, and uh, you know we got we all have calls to make. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I guess what I wanted to say, I feel like we've spent so much time talking about we spent most of the episode talking about movies in which the it's either overtly or at least subtextually aware that there's a, uh, a mismatch of power yeah. dynamic. Um, I don't know. Do we want to talk? Cause I guess we kind of did address at the beginning, how, how commonplace it is for it just to be, normal you know um do you there, there think, is a uh, do you think ahead. that there do you think that an age difference automatically lends to a power dynamic even if, even if the the younger like if the younger person is not underage like let's say it's a 45 year old and a and a and a 25 year old like do you think that there is an automatic power dynamic there simply because the person is older and has had more experience, probably has more money. Uh, do you think that that's just inherent? Uh, do I think, I guess it depends on how big the, the age gap is. Um, excuse me. Um, but often what we're talking about is older man and younger woman. Yeah. And we do live in a patriarchal society. So there's already some sort of power imbalance, I sure. think. Um, so I, yeah, I, I don't think you can avoid the, 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 the power imbalance, um, which is why it's, yeah, it's weird in <coughs> movies when it's not, um, 
when it's just presented as fact and like not yeah. uh, there was a tweet that went around this years ago and I can't remember. It was like three movies. And I can remember two of them, but the tweet was like, did something happen where we all think Jennifer Garner is 60 now? And it was like her in nine lives with Kevin Spacey and her in draft day with Kevin Costner. And it was like, <laughs> there was a third one that was just like, Jennifer Garner is just married to dudes in their sixties <laughs> or I guess in draft day, they're not married. They're like having an office romance or whatever. But, right. um, uh, that I think is so commonplace that it's almost like not worth doing an episode because it would take us forever. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but that is, it's a, um, I think it probably, here's my question though, then, cause I, I, I started to say something that I started to question whether it was true. Do you think that relationships like that, where the man is like middle-aged or later and the woman is like in her thirties, like, you know, right. uh, pre-middle age or whatever. Do you think those, cause those are clearly common in the movies. Do you think those are more common in the movies than they are in real life? Um, I feel like they are, but also I'm coming from the point of view of someone whose parents stayed together, <laughs> you know, like if I, if a lot of people who maybe have divorced dads have stepmoms who are closer to their sure. own age, maybe that's more common. That is a good question because yeah, I mean, my parents stayed together as well. And then, and then my father passed away and then my mom got remarried to a man, notably older, 19 years older, um, who his, his right. wife had also, his wife had also passed away and they kind of bonded over, over their grief. Um, so I don't think it's uncommon but I definitely think that it's something you'll see more often uh, in film, partially because I, I think of something like as good as it gets um, yeah. Yeah. where Nicholson is firmly in his sixties and Helen Hunt is, I would say in her late thirties. Um, I feel like I looked up this, what the actual yeah. age gap was, but I can't remember now. And they do address it. Like she does, she does at one point say like, she's saying like, you don't know this or that. And she goes, and you're a pretty old guy not to know that, you know, so she, she does know what's going on there. But I do think that like, just by and large, we, there's such, there's such a, a bigger Hollywood thing going on here, which is the idea. And people have been saying it for a long time, which is like, if you are a woman of a certain age, sorry, you're not a lead anymore. It's, it's supporting time for you. Uh, and so if we want, uh, whereas if you're a man, you can, you can be a lead and not even pivot to, you know, Liam Neeson action movies, uh, or anything like that. You can be a romantic lead well into your fifties and maybe even your sixties, depending on who you are. Uh, and so it's like, well, if you have that for men, but you don't have that for women, it just, in the, in the mind of, of, of Hollywood, they'll be like, well, obviously this is acceptable. Uh, this, this 40 year old woman who like, she's fully an adult at this point. Uh, <clears throat> she will absolutely get with this guy who's, who's older. Um, and that's just how it is. So I do think that it's just the nature of how Hollywood works and how it thinks just, uh, just immediately makes this way more common in Hollywood than in real life. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's speculation on my part. Yeah, but there is also the um, unfortunate fact. I don't know if this is uh, a cultural thing or if it's just a human nature thing that men can be considered attractive. Sure, much longer. You, yeah, you know, that yeah, like, men and women age differently. I, um, I think. And yeah, it is. It is not. It is less weird 
like my wife and I are roughly the same age, right? Mm-hmm. If she looks at an actor in his sixties and says, that's an attractive man. That's not, that doesn't seem that weird. Right. And I guess if I were to do that, to say like, to, to talk about an actress in her sixties, it would be like, Oh, you like, uh, you know, yes, yes. Uh, uh, this is something that actually was, yeah. <laughs> reminds me of the, the malapropism in Friday when uh, it says the older, the berry, the sweet of the juice. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Friday in a while. I don't remember that one, but, uh, Oh, because he, then he says, um, ice cube is like, it's the black of the berry. And Chris, I is like, she blacks a motherfucker too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in, movie. in this season of, of succession, actually. Uh, so Brian Cox, his character, he's like in his late seventies, early eighties. Uh, he, and he gets involved with like a much younger woman, like much younger. Uh, but then his son played by Kieran Culkin uh, has like this, this very strange attraction. And when, and not, not the, not that the attraction itself is strange, but the way that it manifests itself for him is strange. Uh, it's not something that we would uh uh, hey, no judgment here, except uh, the woman that he is that he's going towards. She judges it uh, pretty easily. Uh, but uh, but she's she's older. She's probably like 20, 30 years older than he is. Um, and what's funny is when funny, but also very telling is that when Brian Cox, when his character gets word that Kieran Culkin uh, has been like sending dick pics to this older woman. He's like mortified at this when he thinks it's just dick pics to some like, you know, hot young thing. Uh Well, that's, that's different. It's like, ah, what are you going to do? But when he finds it's this older woman, he's like, he thinks that like, I think he asks his son, like, are you a sicko? Um, Which is funny to hear Brian Cox say, but at the same time uh, and, and to him, it's like, well, that's horrendous. Meanwhile, he doesn't judge the younger woman who's attracted to him, uh, you know, and so like and, oh, and yeah. the, nobody ever calls him on it. The film does the, the show doesn't call him on it. But I do think that we are absolutely meant to see a parallel and see that, like, it's a it's a full on double standard. Um, so like I, he wouldn't say, hey, this young girl that I'm banging, is she a sicko? Like he would never ask that. Um, so I think we've 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 done a good job discussing uh, uh, various um ways that these age gaps manifest themselves i also i hope we've gotten across what i think is both of our argument which is that just having an age gap in a movie is not does not make it a bad or morally wrong movie right. that, that again endorsement is not depiction absolutely it's i mean look at the different whether it be a, a difference in gender a difference in in the ages of the, you know, it, like 15 and 25 is different than 25 and 35. Um, right. But at the same time, 25 and 65, it's like, okay, that's different as well. And just looking at like who the characters are, what their motivations are. Like there are so many factors that come into play that yes, you and I are, are trained to, to pay attention to. And that's why we watch movies. But I think so many other people, they just look at what a film would seem to be saying simply by the fact of it. And that to me is consistently exhausting. And I get tired of having this conversation. <laughs> um, 
All right, so I'm going to end by just doing the thing. I'm just going to name a bunch of movies sure. we didn't get to. Some honorable notable, mentions. Uh, but uh, that are notable. Uh, Bullworth is notable because not sure. just because of the age difference, but also obviously the race uh, disparity yes. Is, yes. is a big part of, uh, of, of that movie. Uh, Charade is notable because of the... Right. The backstory, which is that Cary Grant didn't want to do the movie because of the age difference. Mm. And they, to cater to that, they changed the script to make her the pursuer. So he, he didn't want to come across as a wetch trying to like get in the pants of this young woman. So the script was changed. What a fucking gentleman. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Uh, the, um, Chilean uh, film, a fantastic woman from a few years ago is a, that's oh, a sure. whole other uh, layer of the thing because the woman is transgender and the, oh. um, the premise of the movie is that her older male lover dies and, and, and they've, you know, she's been living in, they've been living together and his family um, having no, sense of approval of this relationship whatsoever of like intent like tries to just cut her completely out of um uh, out of kick her out of her apartment and and uh cut her out completely uh it's a uh, good movie though um sounds upsetting but it's a good movie as well um i wrote the girl with the dragon tattoo oh sure uh, yeah um but speaking of daniel craig uh, i can't believe we didn't talk about the mother the roger michelle movie in oh, yeah. which uh he starts having a sexual affair with the mother of his girlfriend um played by ann reed hmm. um anyway uh not a bad movie r.i.p roger michelle indeed uh what else did i really i can't believe we didn't talk about harold and Maude. maybe it just seems so obvious that we just like hey, sure. yeah, harold and Maude. um how Stella got her groove back that's one that seems to be like i'm not sure what exactly the age disparity is there but that one's like that has the like go for it like yeah. way to go thing uh with the the um older woman or i guess middle-aged woman getting her groove back with a younger uh a younger man um oh I, yeah i can't believe i also can't believe i didn't mention anya's fart is kung fu master because that's an especially upsetting one because jane birkin has an affair with her daughter's friend who's like 12 or 13 and is played by Agnes Varda's actual son. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There should be a movie made about that, uh, about the making of that movie, yeah. sort of like Badass. Uh, yeah, so um, that's an upsetting one. Let's see. What else? Uh, is there any others I needed to get to? Um, uh, well, speaking of extra layers of creepiness, uh, Stoker has okay. Mia Vashikovsky having a potentially sexual relationship with her uh, considerably older uncle. So that's another layer of, of, of weirdness there. Uh, and then also uh, two more I wanted to mention. One, a movie I know you like, Venus. Yeah. Um, which I think that's another one where nothing is consummated, right? Right, right. Um, yeah. And the film definitely uh, condemns a lot of what Peter O'Toole does and says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then weird, this one was not on anybody's radar, but, um, it, it came and went during the pandemic with one of those movies that I think was intended for a theatrical release and ended up just going straight to streaming during the pandemic. It's called you should have left, uh, directed by, um, uh, uh, David Kep. Oh yeah. You know, okay. Who made, um, uh, stir of echoes. Uh, 
but that one is one. Uh, I should have talked about it in ones that I think the the movie is aware of the of the thing without like overly commenting on it. But Kevin Bacon is married to Amanda Seyfried, and mm. um, uh, that movie has it's not a great movie, but it's better than it got credit for at the time. Um, it has fun with the power dynamic because like Kevin Bacon is like a widower who remarried young. But also, she's a famous actress, so the power dynamic is actually yeah. a little bit like it's it's not uh, it's not what you always would uh, uh, assume. But it is also a movie that I think ultimately is very much about male insecurity at the same time. Uh, again, not a great movie, but I wish people had not like written it off the way they did. Um, there, that was all there, I wanted to get. There to. are a couple that I wanted to mention. One is the squid and the whale, which is, it, which is notable because, uh, which I've never Jeff- seen. Oh, okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you real quick. I feel like it took 15 years, but I missed, I wasn't able, I was supposed to go see the squid and the whale with friends. I didn't, I couldn't make it because I got caught in golden globes traffic. Oh man. And I put a curse on the Golden Globes, and it took 15 years. But uh, it, it all—I did it, you guys, because you they will, made me miss Squid and the Whale. I got the Golden Globes off of your TV, and you will celebrate by watching the Squid and the Whale now. <laughs> yeah, when the Golden Globes are when they're handing out the Golden Globes in a parking garage, wherever they're doing it now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will finally watch the Squid and the Whale. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> who won? I didn't hear. <laughs> Oh, it's Will Smith. Well, um, but, uh, but yeah, so in the squid and the whale, uh, uh, Jeff Daniels, whose character is, is definitely seen negatively, uh, is, is a college professor and he's, uh, engaged in, in an affair with his student played by Anna Paquin, whose father he played in fly away home uh in the 90s and so uh in an interview jeff daniels said he goes yeah he goes this this was tough this was a tough thing to do he goes he goes you know the film condemn he goes the film is against it so it's fine but you know i still see her (laughs) as as my daughter um and then uh a film that i think handles handles this pretty maturely is uh shop girl um i actually really like what that movie does where you have Claire Danes and she is, she is like pursued romantically by Jason Schwartzman. Who's just a mess. Who's her age, but is a mess and doesn't have his life together. And Steve Martin, who is in, you know, very intelligent and, and rich. uh, And I, and she winds up being with him, but seeing certain downsides of that. And uh, it's a very, I always thought it was a, a very underrated movie, but, uh, but yeah, so those are the only ones I wanted to mention. All right. Well, um, let us know what we got wrong. Let us know if we're monsters for uh, liking some of these movies. Sure. Um, uh, please um, use your brain when watching movies and don't assume that endorsement equals depiction. Depiction equals endorsement is what I meant to say. Um you can uh first off you can subscribe to our patreon if you want more of this kind of uh uh risque uh envelope pushing you know we we say what people are thinking but are afraid to say that's what we do on this podcast you want more of that you can find that at patreon.com slash battleship pretension uh also buy our book we like oh, yes, forgot yes. to push the book for holiday for Christmas. Season. Yeah, we, totally we are forgot. very stupid. Uh, but yeah, we have a, a Battleship Retention book on the best movies of the 2010s. You can you can find that at battleshipretention.com. Let's see. You can email us at david at com or tyler at com. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at 
Davey Pretension. Uh, my other podcast is called um, The One Where I Met Your Mother. I'm trying to think what uh, the most recent episode is. Oh, the most recent episode is a, uh, we, we covered um, the one with five steaks and an eggplant and uh, world's greatest couple. And the one with the five steaks and, and an eggplant is, I was shy. It's maybe my favorite episode of friends so far. I don't, I don't know, Tyler, if you've seen this one, but the movie, the movie, the episode is about how Phoebe, Joey and Rachel don't make as much money as the other three and like have to like go through the embarrassment of speaking up for themselves and saying, Hey, we can't always go out to the same restaurants you want to go to, or we can't split the check six ways. Like you always want to like, that is a very age appropriate, uh, (laughs) cause they're on their twenties and like, that's a very real kind of uh, issue. But also like to, 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 yeah, to do that, um, with the honesty and also still make it very funny. Yeah. Maybe my favorite episode of friends, so far um i also love the one with the birth of season one but uh that's what we talked about on the one where i met your mother this week tyler you're on twitter at tyler pretension uh what do you have to plug uh nothing really i do have a couple of reviews at battleshippretension.com i reviewed cyrano uh wolf my house of gucci review is on there so you can just check those out if you're interested all right uh other than that thank you for listening we'll get you next time bye bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 